Florida State has a new baseball coach. It's officially Link Jarrett, and all the rumors and all the anticipation have finally come to the 10th all-time head baseball coach in Tallahassee. Notre Dame's Link Jarrett now in tally, uh, Aria Masudi, Brett Nevitt. This is Sunday Golds, and wow, exciting times here in Tallahassee on the campus of Florida State University. Brett, uh, let's get right to it. Uh, we thought it would be Link. Everybody was hoping it would be Link. It's finally here, and Link Jarrett is the next head coach at FSU. Just w what are your thoughts and emotions right now? I mean, I think Florida State went out and got one of the best coaches in, in, in the entire country. I mean, Link Jarrett was the coach of the year in the last two seasons of college baseball, and you just went out and got him, and it almost felt pretty, like, I mean, it just felt smooth. It was a smooth process. You just went out and got your guy. You brought him home. Um, you got the deal done, and we got a press conference on Monday. Um, I just think this is really – it's really, really exciting. There's there's just – there's not many ways around that. It's There's a lot of excitement around the program, players, everybody, anybody who works here, you know, people who live in Tallahassee, baseball community. It's just – today's a good day for the Florida State baseball program. It's It's a really, really good day. Florida State went out and made a statement here in this coaching process. They got the best available coach, and Michael Alford said it, uh, Florida State's athletic director, in the press release, he said, we think he's the best coach in college baseball, and we went and brought him home. When we thought about why Link might choose to come to Tallahassee, um, he even said it in the video clip that he put out, it's home, right, Brett? I mean, it's, it fit to a T. You had a guy who played here, a guy whose family lives in Tallahassee who met his wife at Florida State. Her family lives in Tallahassee. It was just a match made in heaven. And in the end, Link's experience, professionalism, and what he's accomplished in his career matched where he came from and his background. And you've got a pairing that I think has the potential, if you're the Seminoles, to lead you to your first ever national title. Yeah, so... On Knowles 247, you know, we had been getting a lot of questions on, like, are you guys going to put on a coaching hot board, this and that, and where's – I mean, I mean, Chris kind of talked and just decided, like, you know what, our coaching hot board is saying that Link Jarrett is the guy that FSU wants because that's the only person who I think mattered in this. I, I don't think anyone else – I don't think Alfred had his, his – I mean, of course, he probably interviewed and had his process, but this was the guy. This was – I think this is the place that Link Jarrett wants to be. Um and so, like you said, it's a match made in heaven, and, you know, hopefully it, it, you know, it grows into something beautiful, and, you know, this place gets back to where it's supposed to be, but, I mean, it just, it, it just feels like, it just feels perfectly, I don't know, I don't even know how to put it, it's just, it is a perfect match, like you said. You had to think that Florida State had some sort of idea that Link was possible, right? Like, they could go and put a competitive offer on the table to get a Link Jarrett to come back home to Tallahassee because they wouldn't have, I don't think at least, made the maneuver um, to, to let me go and to start that process if they didn't already feel pretty good about what they could get next. Alford's a really smart guy. Um, when you talk to him, he'll always say, I've got a plan for nearly everything. And uh, Man, Brett, I don't know if I expected it, though, and you and I chatted before we hit the record button, for it to go this smoothly. Like, it went perfectly from he's the top candidate to we got our guy. Yeah, because, I mean, when I mean on that podcast we did when, you know, when the Meat News got, you know, announced, we just kind of said, 
you know, Link is the guy, but we should probably be prepared for, you know, other people to be in the mix. But it's just the whole time. I mean, it just nothing really changed. It it was it was going to happen. And, you know, it did happen and it went pretty smoothly. I mean, you know, I think it got signed on Thursday night and by Friday morning, uh, you know, Link's flying down here in a private jet with Michael Alford. Um, You know, that's pretty sweet tweet that he put out. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much just. You like the Garnet Blazer? That was pretty great. Yeah, the Garnet Blazer is the real deal. Might have to get myself one of those. (laughs) Those are smooth. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think once meat was let go, it was kind of like it's got to be Link because it's now or never. Um, And, you know, there weren't other big positions open outside of Clemson and, you know, you have to feel like you're, you're a bigger program than Clemson, or at least you hope so. You should be um, right now. And, you know, Clemson goes down and gets backage. And then at that point, it was kind of just like, you know, you're not going to stay at Notre Dame over Florida State. Not like even if he didn't have the connections to Florida State. It, I mean, so, but for the way it's, for it to go smoothly, like you said, and for it just, I mean, we're just not used to that, I would say, at Florida State. Things just a coaching search going that smoothly. But, um, you know, it's it's such a nice feeling right now. There's not many ways to put it. It reminded me a lot of in in college football when Mario Cristobal was being floated to go back to Miami. Like there are certain guys at certain places that I'll be honest with you, Brett, I don't think it would have mattered where Link was as a coach. Like I think Florida State would have always been at least um, a heavy competitor to whatever school wanted to keep him. And I, and I know you talk about if he was at an LSU or if he was at a Vandy or if he was at – there is something about going home and coaching your alma mater that just sits differently with people. And that's not just baseball. That's not just college athletics. You think about pro sports, people want to go home, and they want to be near family. Uh, and when Florida State put the right financial package in front of Link Jarrett, it was a no-brainer. Well, and I think the financial package kind of shows that too because – you know, I think the number was under what we expected a little bit and under what great what, value. Yeah, what everyone expected. And, you know, I'm sure there's some other parts to that and, and some things that are included, um, you know, that you don't see right on the contract. But, um, yeah, I just think this is where he wants to be. I think I think in Alfred's, you know, the statement that they put out in the release, you know, Alfred said, you know, Link is a seminal through and through. And, you know, this is where he wants to be. And, He's passionate about it. He's passionate about Florida State. He loves Florida State. And, um, you know, I just think that he's going to put every ounce that he possibly can into getting this program back to the standard that, you know, Alfred wants it to be at, that every fan wants it to be at, that Link wants it to be at. So, um, you know, that's a standard of excellence, standard of getting to Omaha and, you know, hopefully getting over that hump in Omaha at some point. For sure. And I think that's what's left for Florida State to accomplish, right? You've been to Omaha over 20 times and a lot of that's a credit to 11 and and what meat built here as well as an assistant coach but you have to win it all I think that's the expectation and that's we've talked about it in the past I've labeled it as maybe unfair to just say that you have to win it all but when you've done everything else when you've literally done everything else there's only one thing left to do and I think Link understands that you know he played in Omaha uh as a player um and and to him, I think there will be this burning fire to bring his alma mater its first ever national championship. But you got to start with the foundations. You got to start with 
Um, you, you know, what is it? That, what do they say? You got to walk before you can run. And I think Florida State's in a point right now where it really does have to lay the foundation of its program and starting with fundamentals and player development. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of that's going to have to do with, I think, new player development facilities, which I think, you know, hopefully that's part of Link coming because, you know, that was something that he talked about, uh, you know, after Notre Dame was eliminated from the College World Series and asking, like, you know, what do you need to continue progressing your program, a program? It's, you know, you just need a, you, whatever you can get for the players development-wise, you know, nutritional, everything like that. You know, everything needs to be centered around the players and giving them the tools to get better. Um, I think that's huge. That's got to be something that is part of that foundation that needs to be laid here. And, you know, more so than anything, I just think at some point we've got to get back to fundamentals here, especially in the field, on the base pass, um, I think those things come first before anything else, and I think those are things that meet is I mean, oh gosh, those are things that uh, Link is good at is, you know, putting the players first, putting p- players in position to succeed and maximize their talents, and then also, you know, just being, being a fundamentally sound baseball team overall. I mean, that's every time we've seen Notre Dame play the last couple of years, it's just, to me, it's almost sometimes like, you're what, not that talent level of a major league team, but just like the process of a major league team, the way things happen, the way things happen in the field on the base pass. It's just, it's done clean. It's done with a purpose, a process, and everything feels very consistent in, in, in their message. The mindset, right? right. Like I think uh, that's the most impressive thing about Notre Dame when you watch them is they, they look like they're completely in sync as one unit. Um, whether that's defensively, at the plate, they have a process that is there to you know, maximize getting guys on base, bringing them home. And then if someone makes a mistake pitch, man, did anybody punish mistake pitches better in college baseball, at least in the ACC when we watched it all year, than Notre Dame? I'm not talking who has the best lineup. I'm talking guys that took advantage of mistakes better than anyone. It felt like Notre Dame really used that as their MO. Um, Brett, I, I like that you said player development. I think, you know, Link Jarrett has been all about player development throughout his career, whether that's at UNCG, um, where he was the head coach and and got them to multiple NCAA tournaments and uh, Southern Conference titles, whether that's at Notre Dame and and the turnaround that he had there. Uh, I read an article uh, that Bob Ferranti did of the Osceola, and he interviewed um, Billy Godwin, who was at ECU, and Jarrett was an assistant there. and, And Billy said, it seemed like players got better under him every year, that he would tailor his hitting approach to each unique player. And I think, Brett, that's something that you've been clamoring and begging for for Florida State's athletes for the last couple seasons. Yeah, it's just you have to do things that work for each kid individually rather than, I don't know, it's just sometimes it just felt like a lot of kids were uncomfortable in things they were doing the last few years just because it didn't fit them great. Um you know, if you can put kids in positions to succeed, I just think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, I think that's the thing that he's really good at doing, and that allows those kids to go and then maximize their talent when they go perform on the field. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing for Link now, too, is he kind of under- he understands even more now what it takes to get to Omaha. And more than anything now, he understands, you know, what it's going to take to get it done. And I think that's what he was saying um, in his press conference the other day was just like, now we really know. We've seen it. We've been here. Um, we know what we need. We know, like, 
and he was getting really specific. He was like, we got to have guys with, you know, a plus breaking ball and this and that. And like, we got to hit the cutoff here and here. He's just, if you go and watch some of his press conferences, it's like everything that Link Jarrett does and everything that he says is done with a purpose. And it, it's part of a process to a greater goal. And I think that's, that's the thing that, that really excites me. Without a doubt. And I look back at his career, assistant coach at Auburn for a couple seasons. Auburn ends up leading the SEC in batting average during his tenure. They hit home runs. They hit doubles on base percentage. Uh, spent time at Mercer, was a Florida State assistant for a season. Uh, Brett, you mentioned the back-to-back coaching coaches of the year honors that he's gotten at Notre Dame. Um, but UNCG, a former Florida State administrator, uh, Kim Record, was the athletic director at UNCG and hired Link on. And um, that, you know, just, just talking to, to people who, who know that process, Link turned UNCG into one of the best mid-majors in the country before Notre Dame took him. And I think that's where he really built his name, um, was in Greensboro. Uh, and I think at the time, three years ago, there were a lot of people who wanted Link to be the head coach at Florida State. I think, obviously... Now that he's done what he's done at Notre Dame, it became a no-brainer. But a couple of years ago, Link Jarrett would have been a great choice, too. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I mean, those UNCG offenses, like you said, were just, like, insane. I feel like every year they were at the top of the NCAA leaderboards for everything, for every offensive category. But, you know, I think his offenses are so good is because, to me, it seems like, one, like you said, it, it you know, every every certain player has, you know – it's something tailored to what works for them. But to me, I think what I've seen through, you know, listening to him sometimes, you know, we, we caught a couple of his press conferences this year. Um, it just feels to me like his offensive approach is ever evolving. You know, I talked about a couple of podcasts ago that, you know, pitching is evolving every day. It changes every day. And if you're not doing that with hitting, then you're, you know, it can go stale and you can fall behind. But, you know, he was talking after the game against Texas A&M and was talking about, how they had a certain approach and, you know, they, you know, were patient until a certain point when runners got here and there. And he was saying, you know, I'm going to call Schlossnagel after the season and find out why they do that, how they do that, you know, why it works for them. You know, like he like those kind of things, that's type of things that excite me where it's like, you're trying to go out and find out what works for other people and not just yourself at all times. You're just trying to figure out what makes, you know, what works in college baseball and what doesn't at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's got a plan for, for everything. And I think that's what Florida State fans will be really intrigued to see is a program that I think will get better as seasons go along. Uh, I think you'll see the fundamentals return to a high level. I mean, Florida State hasn't had a team that's, fe- what, fielded over 975 in yeah, years. I mean, I mean, it's like the, the fielding percentages have been I don't know if I poor. expect it to be, like, you know, like totally fixed right away, obviously, because – you know, a lot of these kids will still have been in the system or, you know, but you just feel like at the end of the day, like things like the bunt plays, the rundowns, the relays, you know, everything like that, things that don't really take like a ton of skill, things that are just should be those baseline things that they struggled with so much this year in the last couple of years, you know, communication and that stuff as well, that you just hope that those mistakes go away. And at the end of the day, it's not you know, mental mistakes, but rather just physical mistakes that happen out there. And if you've ever talked to Link Jarrett, I mean, it's, he's a really good guy and he really cares about people. I think he's going to represent Florida state at the highest level. And, 
we've had a buzz around college baseball that Florida State hasn't had in a while. We've had this excitement around the program, Brett, that I don't think we've seen in a while. We've have, we have a unity from the fan base and the players uh, and the administration that I don't think we've seen in a while for a single head coach. And so um, this is a really, really big day and big hire for Florida State. Yeah, I mean, when we sat at his press conference at ACC and we left that press conference, I mean, what did we say to each other? I think we both said, that's, that's got to be the guy. It's got to be the guy because, I mean, we sat there and I felt like I was in complete awe of what was happening. Like, it was like, as I was sitting there for 15 minutes, I felt like I learned a lot about baseball. And, like, we know a lot about baseball, but it was like every second we sat there, we were learning something new from him, just, like, explaining what was happening in the game, why they did this, why they did that, what they'll do moving forward. It's just, it's exciting. I just, I'm excited. And we watched Notre Dame four times this season in person, right? And all we could think about was, man, his team's just, they grind. Every last kid in that lineup, whether they're hitting 205, they didn't have a lot of kids hitting 205, uh, a lot of really good hitters. Or a kid was hitting 350. Brett, with two strikes, it was like foul ball, yeah. foul ball, foul ball. Against Parker Messick in the ACC tournament. How many times did we, did you and I go, man, Parker just made a really good pitch. That kid just fought off. And then they made him pay in, in the middle innings. Remember, you know, Parker set them down the first time he faced them this year, and then, you know, they got him pretty good for a couple home runs in ACC, and they were just – they were talking after the game so much about how much game planning they put into changing their game plan into just figuring out things that can work for them against Parker. And, I mean, they were saying, like, hitters were making mid-swing adjustments and – you know, it was just things that they had seen in their pregame planning, and it's just those aren't things that we didn't hear very often. Like we didn't hear those type of things very often. Of like we we game planned well and we were prepared. It just Notre Dame. The thing about for them for me, it was just like they always seemed very prepared, like very like ready for that moment, ready who who they were facing. They knew what was going to happen. They knew the game plan to each game. Um, and I think the thing about for the four games we played against him this year, it just felt like Link was always a step ahead in his moves and kind of dictated the game and dictated the flow of the game and the momentum. Uh, he just he's a, he was able to keep it in Notre Dame's hand a lot and stop it whenever it was in FSU's hands by moves he made. And um, you know that's something that I don't think we've had here in a while. How about the series that Notre Dame had against Tennessee? I mean, I picked Notre Dame to beat Tennessee. We both did. Uh, we, yeah, and I mean, it wasn't surprising. I think everybody else was shocked. Yeah. And then you watched it and you, you said, well, that's the Notre Dame team I remember. They make you pay for mistakes. Late in a the game, they believe that they're going to win if you leave them in it. Um, and they're just not going to beat themselves. And time and time again, they just didn't beat themselves. And, we- and I think that's that to me is what's most exciting, man, is – when you looked at what FSU did against Auburn, like you beat yourself before the game really could have a chance to be competitive. So well, I'm looking forward to that. That to me was like why I felt like Notre Dame sometimes looked like an MLB team because they just like they don't beat themselves. Like and they just they stay within themselves and they do they're just consistent. They do the same things over and over. Um, yeah, I mean, he took Notre Dame to Omaha. It was a one seed the year before and went to three games with the national title winner. So, I mean... They were Omaha good two yeah. years in a row. And, I mean, they got, yeah. they got screwed both years by the NCAA. 
and they still made noise. They still find ma- they still found a way to make noise, and you know I think the big thing always was just his players just seemed to love him more than anything else. Hundred percent, and then he creates a bond with the the guys that he's coaching, and oh, you joked about you know the NCAA committee and Notre Dame and kind of screwing them. And, and the reason I think a lot of it has to do with Notre Dame uh, not being able to play as many games as they would like each and every year, um, the schedules that they're allowed to play. And how, how, how much do you think, Brett, that Link is looking forward to being able to take his guys outdoors to practice in the fall, to be able to not cancel 10 games I mean, in he, the middle of the season? He literally talked in his presser after that loss to Texas A&M about, like, they need to, like, improve so much stuff in Notre Dame just to be able to, like, host. Because he was like, I don't really know why we didn't host this year other than our facilities probably. Like, I mean, for him to come down here now and have the luxury of practicing outside 365 days a year, unless it's pouring, like, God knows what. But, you know, like, it's just – it's a whole different – it's just – I'm – I don't know. I'm just really excited, to be honest. Like – this is just it's it's the definition of a home run hire, and I don't think you could ever down like. There's just no way to even like. I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's exciting. Well, Brett, since you're at a loss for words, I'll keep this thing moving. Want to talk about contract and facilities? I think those are two things. It's a good segue between Notre Dame's facilities and Florida State's. You know, Florida State does need to get better in facilities. I think that had to have been part of Link's conversations. Um, with Florida State's administration, is that things have to improve in certain areas. Uh, but that being said, I mean, Notre Dame's facilities were not anything to write home about. Um, obviously, you know, Link coming to Tallahassee and to Florida State, um, there's a reason for that other than just being home. You mentioned it earlier, Brett, that even if he didn't go to Florida State and didn't have all the ties, that FSU would be a better job for him to jump to. Um, but now that he's here... The facilities do need to improve. What are some things that you want to see specifically um, for FSU to be able to compete in the college baseball landscape currently? Yeah, for me, I think first thing is just the player development facilities. You know, I know some people don't think they're that important, and but my thing is just you, you've got to level the playing fields between, you know, the SEC and the upper-tier ACC teams that you compete against to survive long-term and be what you want to be long-term. I mean, if your standard on the field is going to be excellency, then I think your standard for your facilities needs to be the same way. And that it hasn't been that way for a long time. I mean, I mean, the grass on the field itself this year was pretty horrific, but you know, they're already getting a whole new sod for the entire field. And, you know, last year we saw that, you know, Alfred did some small things that were needed. I mean, new, all the new padding, all that stuff. And, you know, the roof got repaired and that stuff, but you know, I think how, I think Hauser more so than anything just really needs a lot of TLC. Like it just like there was just nothing done to it for so long. Like it needs the player development stuff upgraded and updated. It needs, you know, for me, I think second is just fan experience. You know, you need to make the traditions room into something that's, that shows what this program is. It it shouldn't just be for holding press conferences. I've never really understood that. I, I think you need something like, a store you need you just need somewhere to show more of your history for fans to come and enjoy the games more to have reason to come to games um and then obviously after that then i think you can get into some more big picture stuff after a couple years because i think i think both of us think you know 
you know, they are serious about baseball, but at the end of the day, football needs to be done first. But you can do some certain things to baseball that make you better in the moment and long term. And I think that more so than anything comes with the player development facilities. Yeah, you know, a pitching lab would be nice. Uh, upgrading the batting cages. Um, we've been around to a couple SEC stadiums uh, and even ACC at Clemson. And uh, they have a lot of cool things, right? Like for the players, they have team lounges. I don't even think, does FSU currently have a lounge for its players? No, I believe they just, I mean, it's just the locker room and, you know, they have the TVs and stuff in there. But I don't believe they have a real lounge or anything I feel like, like that, that needs to be a part of the next wave of renovations is, is having an area for the team. They don't have team film rooms. I don't believe for for baseball specific. No, because they so what the, the that alumni locker room used to be the film room, but now everything's on iPads basically. So that's what they do. But I would agree that to being able to go and sit down with a coach and talk, you know, like that is something that you also need on top of that alumni room that replaced it. And you know, ideas. You know, I'm not coming up with revolutionary ideas here. These are things that I've seen other schools recently add. I mean, Oklahoma State's new facility is, man, it's beautiful. Uh, what Arkansas is planning on doing. Mississippi State has set the bar so high. Uh, Clemson has a player development center that I believe doubles as like extra uh, luxury seating um, along the first baseline, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's going to be for fan experience in the future. I know Alford's really big on that. Uh, maybe getting some boxes and some different things that can house um, premium seats for, for FSU fans. Mm-hmm. But for the players, I even think, you know, the weight room was a nice start to upgrade that. But what about, like, player rehabilitation centers? That yeah. You know, the players right now, a lot of them have to go yeah. to the Moore Center um, to do the, the hot tub, cold tub, or what do you call those, the hydrotherapy mm. um, pools. So I'd like to see some more baseball-specific things for the guys to be able to come in and, and, and feel like the program is caring about them. But the athletic director's the right man for the job who I think understands yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and obviously the head coach, I think – we'll understand that even more now with Link. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we asked about him about it, about, you know, the player development stuff. And he said, you know, it's, it's not something that you want. It's something that you need. You have to have that to, to play at the level you want to play at. And I think my idea has always just been, like, where the batting cages are, just make, like, a three-story building there. Like, that's what – I believe Clemson has something like that, where it's, like, one floor is, like, coach's office. One floor is, like, batting cages. One floor is, like – rehabilitation center um that would something like that would just be so huge for florida state i think like to just get somewhere that's for your baseball team for your baseball players your coaches everybody who works over there to just have that spot i think it would be it would be really big but obviously that's that's a big investment um you know we think maybe we'll hear some stuff on monday about um you know some big facility upgrades but you know we'll have to wait and see on that but um yeah, it's just overall, it definitely does need some TLC and some big upgrades uh, in development-wise. And I, and I do believe that they will make good on that. Um, even if it's not in the very, very near future, I do think um, relatively soon you'll start to see Florida State uh, make a commitment to the facilities. Let's talk contract, Brett. I, I know we kind of alluded to it a, a few times. If I have this correct on the uh, letter of understanding that they gave – Link, uh, seven years, six and a half million total over the span of the seven. Is that correct? Can you confirm that? Yeah, 6.5 mil total for seven years. And it starts at 875 in his first season. And I think it ends at 1 million per year over the lifetime of the contract. 
uh, at the end in year seven. So it incrementally goes up each year. We don't know the bonuses yet. I imagine they'll be pretty lucrative. Um, so if, if you know Link is able, and we think he will be, to get Florida State back to where he needs to, he's going to check off a lot of boxes and bonuses that make the 875 play up even higher. Um, man, though, <laughs> that's a steal. I mean, what does Tim Corbin make at Vanderbilt? 1.6? Yeah, I think something Vitello's like making seven, uh, one, 7.5. 1.5 at Tennessee. I think a lot of us thought it would take about 1.1 to 1.2 to really take Link away from Notre Dame. Yeah, I think, I think McDonald at Louisville is the highest in ACC at 1.1 one, at one, one or 1.0. One oh. I saw a tweet that said nine SEC coaches currently still make more than what Link's going to make. Yeah. I mean... It's like lower... And this isn't, this isn't to say Florida State's not competitive. FSU obviously just put together a, a pretty awesome contract. Mm-hmm. What a value the Seminoles are getting, though. I just for think, Link Jarrett. Yeah. I think the coach, the level of coaching you just got for eight seventy five a year, I think is worth that money and so much more. And from the way that we've heard Link talk about stuff at Notre Dame, I would bet that that's because he would rather have a lot of the money go towards you know that player development side of stuff or assistant coaches rather towards himself. But I just think more so than anything, it just shows like he just wants. To, I just he just wants to be here. Like he, this is what he wants. This is what he's wanted. Um, and this is what we've all wanted, I think. So, um, yeah. Florida State's a giant, man, right? In the baseball world. This it is a should blue be blood. a giant. It is a giant. I think I don't, It hasn't been a giant the last... Correct. Right. But in terms of... This is like... It's like if Kansas basketball kind of slipped for a couple years. Or like, remember when UNC basketball wasn't doing too well? I mean, you still respected the tradition and right. the history of right. UNC. It's just you knew the right man could come in and get them back to the level uh, of the potential that that program can have. Like, well, let me put it this way, Brett. Notre Dame has a ceiling that I think Link hit, and yeah. that's to make Omaha. I mean, I think this team could have won it all, but mm-hmm. they weren't a favorite to win it all by no. any stretch. Um, it's a team that can't even host on its best years yeah. because of the facilities where it plays, things that kind of handicap the program. Well, At Florida State, you have, like, all – of these benefits and potentials, um, and the ceiling is just so much higher, obviously. Well, and I think more so than anything, the biggest thing is just geography and the the, the pool of talent that you're going to be pulling from in Florida compared to when you're at Notre Dame. You know, you're going to get a Florida kid here and there, but it's just, for the most part, you're pulling from those states around you, and the level of baseball there, you know, it, it's just different, but that shows you how Link was able to develop those guys that he, he had at Notre Dame. Yeah, so seven years, six and a half mil will be the contract. Did we read correctly that $450,000 they think will be allotted to assistance? That's pretty nice, obviously. $450,000 for two uh, full-time paid assistants and then an an additional staff member was the way it was worded. I don't really fully know what that staff position is or if it had existed before. You know, there's – I don't really know exactly what they're planning to do with that, but that's pretty intriguing to me. Yeah, who? and so I guess the next question would be, who are some names that we should all keep an eye on as guys who could fill out his staff? Yeah, so I think pitching coach, I think it begins with Jason Jackson from Alabama, and he was in the mix last time as well, but decided to stick at um, Bama um, with FSU going with with Belly. Um, You know, I think... 
on the other with the other spot, I think it begins with Rich Wallace. Um, you know, I think Wallace has Florida ties, played at UCF. I believe he co- was the recruiting coordinator at, at Jacksonville at one point um, and is really high, highly thought of for what he's done at Notre Dame with Blink. Uh, my only thing with, with Wallace is, you know, I think he might, you know, I think there's a potential there for him to get a head coaching gig. Um, or some, if that's at Notre Dame or somewhere else, you know, I do think Notre Dame will try for some bigger fish to start with. You know, Penders from UConn, I think, is, is a big name there. But, you know, I just don't know if Penders is ever going to leave UConn. It just seems like, you know, that's where he wants to be. Um, you know, those are just the two names right now that I think it starts with and that are pretty clear front runners. You know, don't know exactly what ha- what's going to happen with Metcalf yet. Um, but, you know, it's just hard for a new coach to come in and not bring his own guys in. But, you know, at the end of the day, I still think, you know, it would be smart for, F- for FSU to keep Metcalf because of what he's built in these classes coming up. But, you know, at the end of the day, a new coach is, is most likely going to bring his, his own guys to, to work with him. Um, so we'll see how that goes down. But I do think that Jackson and Wallace are the, are the two guys right now that stand out for me that, that, I've, that I've heard from uh, multiple people. You also wonder if there are some former Florida State players that, you know, are in the coaching ranks now that, that might want to take advantage of the opportunity to come home. And um, I don't have any names for you. Uh, I wish I did, but um, there could be some guys there too. But whoever, you know, Link decides will be guys that he trusts. And I think it'll be obviously guys that would be attracted to coming to Tallahassee as well with him. Um, how about some backstory on how they got Link. Because, yes, Link was option A, B, and C, I think, for Florida State. It was, a uh, we're going to do everything we can for you to say yes. We're going to make you say no. And then if you do say no, we're going to keep pushing until you say yes. Obviously, they didn't even have to do that. But there were some other names, I think, on Florida State's hot board that would have been some intriguing hires and, and, and guys that I do think are well-respected in the baseball community. Yeah, so like Aria said, it was Link and then kind of everyone else. You know, Link's that tier one. You know, I think tier two for Alford was probably um, Eric Backich, who ended up at Clemson, and Cliff Godwin, who's at ECU. But, you know, I don't really know if, if Godwin's ever going to leave ECU. I think he's very comfortable there, and that's what, that's where he wants to get them to Omaha pretty badly. Um, but those are two proven guys that, you know, would, would have been great hires if, if, if Link couldn't come through. But, you know, both those guys, I don't know if either of those would have happened anyway. But, you know, I think the guys that they actually did end up interviewing, um, Griffall, Pedro Griffall, that one I think was public because I think he pulled his name out publicly yesterday, which was, uh, yeah, I don't know. But, and then, you know, the one that I had heard that was pretty popular was, San Francisco Giants third base coach Mark Hallberg, who played at Florida State. Um, I think he was here with Buster, I want to say. I'm pretty sure. I believe he played in 07. He was a transfer, I want to say, from Mississippi State. And Hallberg was a pretty good player. He played shortstop, I I believe. I believe he was handpicked by Kapler to be their third base coach in San Francisco, and he's pretty highly thought of. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool name to, you know, here in the mix. Um, The other one I had heard was – um, the the Central Michigan coach. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on Jordan Billish or Bichel. Bichel, I believe he got an interview as well. Um, you know, I, you know that was Alfred's guy at Central Michigan, and Alfred helped their Central their Central Michigan baseball program a lot. I remember him showing us, you know, pictures and everything of their new facilities, and he was really proud of that. 
Um, but I think those were the other guys. But at the end of the day, um, like you said, it was Link was option A, B, and C, and then everyone else. So, um, But those were guys that were talked to in the process, I believe. It says here if Link was to leave after his first season, the buyout is $700,000. So that's roughly, what, 80%? I don't know if I'm that good at math. But uh, anyway, so... Yeah, I think, you know, Link was, was interested, clearly. And I think Florida State felt good about it throughout the process that they could get this thing done. And uh, the only thing that I think prolonged it was Notre Dame's success in the postseason this year. And um, Link did such a good job, I thought, Brett, of maintaining the respect and the admiration he has for the opportunity he got at Notre Dame and for the group of guys that he coached there. Because I do think part of him uh, is sad that he's leaving a place that was really good to him. Um, but at the same time, this opportunity at Florida State, I mean, it just presents so much potential. Yeah, I mean, every time he got asked about it in those press conferences, you know, he would kind of find a way to just be like, <laughs> we have great players and great people here at Notre Dame, and, like, I'm not putting that in my mind or their mind at all, which I thought was, you know, and I think that was why, you know, he wanted to do the players meeting this morning before it got out because I believe he talked to the Notre Dame team at, like, 8 o'clock this morning. Um but, yeah, I mean, all you have to do is look at the video of him on Twitter, his selfie video, and pictures of him getting off the plane to see how excited he is to be in Tallahassee. Yeah, he's on campus, I believe, as we're currently talking right now uh, and recording this pod, and, and him and his wife are here. So uh, exciting times for Florida State. Uh, Michael Alford goes on the private jet to pick him up. And, man, this is big. This is huge. I don't know how else to say it. I think you should be excited. I know a lot of you listening are. Um, it's a new age in FSU. It's the first time, Brett, in, shoot, over 40 years that... It's a breath of fresh air. Right, is what it you is. don't have a Martin leading Florida State. And it's going to be different. It's, it's FSU baseball, I think, without the shadow of the Martin family kind of hovering over and I don't mean that in any disrespect whatsoever. I, we are so grateful for what Eleven and Meet did for this program, that they elevated it to being this level of job that, that it is. Um, but I do think there's a, a sense of a refreshment of Link Jarrett being here, and it's about the program now, right? Like, it's about yeah. Florida State as a baseball program. And, and I think uh, that should be something to be celebrated. Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a breath of fresh air. I mean... I think even for us, like, it's it's rejuvenating in a way. Like, it's like... That's a good word. I like that. I think for the whole fan base. Oh, yeah. Good words. I've got good words today for once. <laughs> yeah, so this is big. And so Florida State is going to have some things it needs to do. I mean, we put together here on our spreadsheet of a to-do list. We want to see higher assistance, obviously. What roster moves does FSU now need to make under Link, and, and where does he begin to evaluate what he's got here this summer? Yeah, so I put out, you know, a, a roster breakdown early this week on 247. If, if you want to check that out, um, you know, I think this roster sits at 30 or 31 people right now. I believe you know, there was someone I, I didn't – count for or something like that but um you know it's going to be a young roster as it stands right now you know the only senior right now is Colton Vincent um you know a lot of kids that haven't played much I think you return four starters in the lineup including Vincent you know I think the others are Tibbs and Jaime um and those guys are cornerstones for you uh, you know I, Jordan Carrion is draft eligible 
as of now, I expect him back. Um, but, you know, if he was to get a lot of money that he couldn't turn down in the draft, um, you know, he may sign. But as of now, I do expect Jordan back. Um, you know, I just think things that you need – well, right now you don't have a primary first baseman on the roster. Um, you know, for me, I would go and get Cade Bush back out of the portal. You know, I don't know if Cade's going to start day one, but you you got to have depth there. I mean – because if not, you're going to have to go and take other people from positions, from their primary positions, and move them to first. You know, whether that be, I don't know, a Gunnett Carlson, who's a freshman catcher, and, you know, um, even maybe James from left field to first because he played that some in high school. But you got to go get a first baseman, you know, power bat. I also think you need a third baseman power bat. You know, if Cam Smith was to not get drafted, then I don't think you need to go in the portal for a third baseman. But, um, you know, I think the big thing, other big things for me are, some veteran arms in the bullpen that are matchup arms, guys that, you know, have a plus plus breaking ball to get out the same handedness hitter, you know, right, be right, left, be left. FZ just did not have that this year. And um, Link actually talked about needing to get those guys at Notre Dame um, because that was the thing that he felt like kind of held them back. Um, well, I guess, you know, he just overall they needed more balance because he felt like their lineup was very right handed. Florida State's is in that same right now where I think you only have four lefties on this roster right now in the lineup um, or across the whole roster. Position player-wise, you only have four left-handed hitters, um, and three of those are freshmen. Um, so you're going to have to go get some lefty bats. You know, FSU had a problem this year where they couldn't bring a lefty bat off the bench most of the time, and, and that was an issue for them late in games. Um, you got to go get some more balance. you got to go get some more experience. Um, you know, I think you need four or five guys in the portal to, to kind of fill the holes in this roster. And um, no matter what, I think it's going to be a young roster. There are some exciting guys on there, guys I like a lot. I think development in the fall is going to be really crucial. Um, development of the arms is obviously going to be really crucial because you don't really have any proven weekend starters. You only have, you know, the only guy that's made weekend starts is Carson Montgomery, and he struggled in that role. Um, so guys have to develop. There's still a lot of talent on this roster. There's a lot of youth. Um, but, you know, I think if you go and get the right pieces to the puzzle that you'll have a chance next year to, to, to do some good things. Personally, I don't think the portal has to be something that needs to be used every year as to go get you know, your star players. But, you know, I do think it needs to be used to patch together, fill your holes, and then you go and build your program from, you know, recruiting in high school. But, you know, I do think they, they're going to have to go and get some guys guys right now as soon as they get in here. Well, I think that's a recipe that has really worked well for him um, at Notre Dame, Brett. Mm-hmm. If you look at some of the guys that they have on their team, I want to say they're Friday and Saturday guys this year uh, in their rotation. John Michael Bertrand started his career at Furman. Uh, Austin Temple was at JU. And so I think having that mid-major background that, that uh, excuse me, that Link had – uh, at UNCG allows him to be able to identify talents in that level and kind of come in and fill spots. So I would expect actually this summer for Florida State to go into either the SOCON or a Sun or some of these smaller mid-major conferences that have some really, really good players. And I mean, we've seen a lot of SEC schools do that. Um, I do think that should be a part of the recipe, right? And I think yeah. you're going to see some some portal movement this summer. Y- yeah, I totally agree with you. And on, you know, the mid-majors and trying to have to go, you have to go and find those Brett Roberts of the world, you know, guys from Tennessee tech that can, exactly. they just hit, they play, you know, they're just 
good baseball players and they might not be the most well-known guys, but look at the end of the day, I still don't think that Florida state's going to be able to pull real big fish out of the portal because sec it's just, it's just different. Like it's just, it's hard. It's hard with your, you know, your current facilities and you know, it's just hard to pull kids away from the sec, those big fish in recruiting right now, specifically in the portal. Um, you know, those guys that you can build around the, the, you know, the smaller school guys that you go and find. Um, and sometimes those are the guys that, you know, shine in the spotlight a, bit, a little better and just, you know, they're just gamers. They're just grinders. And I think that's a lot of what Link had at Notre Dame. And I think that's something that he'll look for at Florida State. Some guys, especially this year to help a young roster. It's just some experienced guys who are grinders that have, you know, been through it um, and have experienced some big moments. And um, just the biggest thing for me is, you got to go get a first baseman if you're not going to move someone around. It's just you can't really have no one there besides utility players. So um, really hoping they go out and get a, a left-handed power bat there, um, maybe third base as well, maybe a veteran outfielder, you know, maybe a, you know, another middle infielder. You're going to need to go get some depth in, in a couple spots. Um, there's also – I mean, there's a lot of things you could do. Uh, you could, I mean, if you get a second baseman, then you can move trade and rank anywhere you need to. Um, and, you know, some of these younger kids may break out real early, but um, I don't think you want to go into the fall not really knowing what to expect from a lot of spots. Now, I mean, I'm speculating here. Is there a chance that anybody from Notre Dame decides I'm, to jump ship and, and join Link yeah, in I mean, Tallahassee? I don't, we don't know anything like for certain like that, but you know, I definitely think that's a wish list. That's definitely a possibility. And I definitely have a wish list. I mean, Carter, I always have a a wish list, but yeah. um, But like we saw it with um, Backage going to Clemson. I think they've already picked up three, three or four guys from Michigan. Maybe I think their shortstop, um, one of their starters and maybe their third baseman or something like that. Um, And I think they'll get more too, because they have a bunch of guys in the portal now, but you know, I'm not going to guarantee or anything like that, but I do think that there's a possibility of it. I mean, TJ Finley, that freshman arm, I mean, Jack Finley, sorry, that freshman arm they had, um, they have a bunch of freshman arms I actually like. I really like Roman Kimball, the freshman arm. I think he'd be a really good bullpen piece on the right-handed side. Um, and then, yeah, Carter Putts, like you mentioned. So good. Jack Brannigan is a guy for me that I personally think will get drafted, but if he was to not get drafted, I would take him in a heartbeat at what third about? base. I think he's the best defensive third baseman in college baseball, and he throws 100 off the mound. So, I like the prizer kid a lot too. Yeah, but I, just, I don't think you're going to need a shortstop. The thing is, that's my thing with putts too, is like you do need a first baseman, but that's another righty bat, and you just – Gosh, it's just there's going to be a lot of right-handers as it stands right now. You got to go yeah. find a way to get some left-handed hitters. I remember liking Jack Zyska a lot too, or Zyska, I believe is how you pronounce it. One of the outfielders that they had. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the kids on Notre Dame's team. They're just grinders. Like those are kids that they just fight you tooth and nail. I'm sure some of those kids will definitely want to come and play. For You're saying though, more on the mound. You'd be more interested, guys, on the mound. I'm a little more interested in a lot and a lot of their guys on the mound. I'm really interested in Brannigan, but I do see him as a draft guy. Um, He's the best, they, what, defensive third baseman in college baseball? Yeah. My thing with yeah. their hitters is just that so many of them are righties again. I mean, he talked about it in, in their press conference at the end of the year. He was just like, we 
we were we we just had too many righties in our lineup, and yeah. we tried to get lefties in early, and they like they just weren't ready. So, um, you know, I do think that will be something that when he comes in, he'll be like, we need to get those lefty bats. Yeah. So keep an eye out on that. Uh, we again we have a press conference with Link on Monday. I want to say is it ten thirty? Uh, yes. Okay. Make sure that we're not late to that or <laughs> miss it all together. Uh, we're going to try to get Link here on Sunday Golds to, to join us for, for an exclusive podcast and an interview. I know a lot of you would be interested in that. So that's something we will work on. Um, some news outside of FSU. Tommy Tanks decided to go to LSU. Um, I think, you know, he was linked, no pun intended, to, to Florida State by a lot of people. But in the end, you know, I think, Brett, I suspect NIL definitely had something to do with it. And, and LSE was putting together a, a really impressive transfer class. Yeah, so I put out a report early today, um, you know, a little bit after the link news that I was pretty confident that Tommy was going to end up at LSU and that if I could put a crystal ball and I, you know, really high confidence. And, um, you know, I think early afternoon, Kendall Rogers put in a tweet that he was going there. Um, so it wasn't too shocking for me, but I know a lot of people were thrown off by it. The way I see it is just, you know, when Tommy went in the portal, he had talked to a lot of friends about, you know, the possibility of going to Florida state. And, you know, I think that was something that if it had developed quick, it, it might've happened. Um, I, I felt like FSU was the favorite early. Um, and then about, I think a week ago, about halfway into the wait for link, you know, I found, you know, I heard that LSU was in the mix and I was just like, I don't feel good about that because LSU gets, they've just gotten every big fish in recruiting recently. I mean, like just everybody, um, since Jay Johnson's getting there, uh, gotten there. Um, you know, I think, I believe Tommy went on a visit this past weekend or, or on Sunday. Um, and you know that, oh geez, wait, no, it's not the weekend. At some point this week, he went on a visit to LSU, I believe. Um, and I, I, I think he's like the first of seven massive portal pickups they're about to get from what I've heard. You know, I think they're, they are absolutely building a insane roster there of basically, you know, a lineup of all Americans and a weekend rotation of all Americans. And I think between him going there and, you know, FSU until today didn't really have an official answer. Um, what they presented to him was just too good to pass up. Um, you know, don't be surprised when some more portal guys drop for LSU um, you know, I think they're pretty linked to Marucci. I want to say the owner or someone high up at Marucci uh, played at LSU, and, you know, they usually are able to hook some people up. But, you know, I still don't think it was fully about money or NIL for, for Tommy. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's got a pretty good chance to go there and, and be on, you know, the number one team when, when the, you know, when the season begins next year. I bet that will be the number one team in the country after the, all the portal additions they have. Um you know, at the end of the day, if Link was here a week ago, maybe he ends up at Florida State. But um, you know, not we're you know never know how that situation would have went. Um, at the end of the day, you know, it's nothing really to be too mad over because you know I think you know we'd rather have a player underhand than than you know, I mean a coach under in our in our program rather than than one player. So um, yeah, that's you know Tommy's going to LSU, but I'm sure Florida State will continue to do a lot of work in the portal. Um, and go from there. Yeah. I think, you know, Brett, it's a really good synopsis on your end. And I'm interested. I think that's the, the best way to say that is that I, 
You know, I'm really intrigued. We have a summer where I think FSU baseball will have as much attention on the moves that are about to be made and into fall ball than, than we've ever had. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think, you know, I'm sure they'll start planning summer camps soon. I'm sure those will be big, you know. You know, everything that's going on over the stadium with the new sod and everything. And you're going to have a whole lot of newcomers in the fall, and it's going to be, you know, a fun time to see those guys come together. But, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be probably the busiest summer we've had in a while. Um, a lot of stuff will be going on, a lot of moves all over the place, and roster moves, this and that. And, I mean, we'll try to keep it up to date as possible. And, I mean, I just try to stay as patient as possible with all this stuff and, and go through my processes, go through my cross-checking and everything. And pretty glad I did that on the Tommy White situation at this point. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun summer, I think. There will be a lot of good news ahead. I think also uh, I wanted to say this, and uh, congrats to Jimmy Bellinger on – he has a new job, the pitching coach now for Clemson. Eric Backich was able to, to snag him, and, and Belly's one of the best pitching coaches in the country. So I know, Brett, yeah, you, him, and Metcalf um, had really good relationships, and uh, it's got to be good to see a guy bounce back uh, as quick as Belly did, and he gets to be at another premier program. Yeah, I still believe that one of the best things that Meet ever did, and I know I've said this on this podcast before, is hire the staff that he did when he got here. Um, look, at the end of the day, Florida State's pitching and, and, and you know, recruiting is completely different now than when Belly and, and Metcalf got here. I mean, you have the number one class in 2024, number four class in 2023, um, and Metcalf's done that when he's had, you know, not great facilities and not much money to play with compared to the, the people he's going up against, but he's just he's been really dominant at his job, and he's been really good at that, the recruiting that he's done. You know, Belly, I know a lot of people were disappointed in the way the pitching staff panned out this year. End of the day, I mean, the ACC was freaking loaded with hitters, and Florida State was still one of the better staffs in the country, and FSU had pitching like they've never had before. I mean, the power arms all over the place, the depth. Um, you know, some guys didn't pan out, but there were a lot of guys that did under Belly. You know, Shane Drohan doesn't get drafted in the 2020 draft if, if it wasn't for the short work that Belly did with him. Um, you know, Parker is a belly guy, and, 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 you know, he's been with him the whole time he's been here and, and worked with him. Um, there's a lot of examples. I mean, there's examples on both sides. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think really highly of belly as a pitching coach. And I, I think the guys that were there with him, for the most part, do as well. And now it's going to be interesting. Uh, See him back here at Hauser next year. Back here at Hauser. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention, too, that, that, you know, it triggered a thought that I had when you were talking about Tommy White, him going to LSU too, Brett, he now doesn't have to face NC State in Raleigh next season. And I know that may not have been the end-all, be-all decision, but let's not pretend like that wouldn't have been incredibly awkward for him. And, you know, like I, I don't think he would have gone back there and gotten a standing ovation well, from I, the NC State fan base. Just, I was, just my thoughts. Well, I was thinking it was funny because you would have gone to Notre Dame and NC State next year, right? So... Yeah, both. Whereas I think, though, Notre Dame fans I understand I think they'll be a very Link, appreciative. Right. Yeah. Why Link went to Florida State, NC State fans are pissed that Tommy decided to transfer. He was a celebrity there. Like, he was a, a folk hero. I mean, he had shirts. I mean, Tommy right. Tank's shirts. Like, if you see photos of how many kids and fans are waiting after games to get autographs and pictures with him, and I know, you know, he, he has every right to transfer, right? Like, you're allowed to do what you think is best for you, but... I can't even imagine, like, what it would have looked like for Tommy White going to NC State next year with FSU. 
It was just so crazy because like that was their whole thing the entire year. It was like they had this amazing freshman, and it's now like, well, you're now the program that lost him. Sorry, Elliot. Yeah. All right, is there anything else that you want to touch on in this pod before we we do another one next week? I think think I'm good. I just – it just – I think this is just going to be – it's just – the program is going to take off from here, I think, potentially. It's just really exciting, and like I said – just kind of feels rejuvenating and, um, you know, excited to keep doing this all summer and, and keep doing it moving forward and, and make some new relationships, meet some new people, and, um, you know, hopefully have some more success moving forward. Yeah, credit to Michael Alford for getting this thing done, and uh, Florida State baseball is having itself one heck of a hire. This is uh, as good of an off season as you can imagine, and I think it's only going to get better as we move into the fall. All right, so that's going to do it for Brett and I here on this episode. We will have a press conference uh, to attend on Monday for Link when he's officially introduced. And then after that, we will plan to maybe have Chris and E pop on a pod with us and just talk about the state of FSU baseball and where the Knowles go from here um, as a program. All right, so Brett Nevitt, Amaria Masudi, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Sunday Golds.